0: is Monocle on Design Extra. It's a short show to accompany our weekly programme where we discuss everything from architecture and craft to furniture and fashion. I'm Nailey Evans. Today, we head to New York City to check out a gallery highlighting work by self-taught artists and makers. Tiwa Select is run by Alex T. A. V. Walker, a gallerist and curator originally from Wales. He spoke to Monaco's Henry Reese Sheridan at the National Arts Club in Manhattan.
1: I originally set up my current business, Tewa Select, thinking it would be more of a sort of shop or a sort of craft shopping destination. And just as the project evolved, it sort of has ended up being where it is today. I went to Japan for a very good friend's wedding in 2019, a couple of months before the pandemic and there are these types of shops in Japan called select stores which are essentially collections of objects that the owner of the store just particularly likes they might not necessarily be thinking of an audience when they're collecting objects they might not necessarily be thinking of a idea or a concept for the store it's purely just a catalog of things that they enjoy and i was i was kind of inspired by that whole trip in general i spent two weeks there, visiting a lot of stores, visiting flea markets, visiting galleries, visiting studios. I've always been a collector of craft objects and art myself on a very sort of small scale. And I'd sort of had sort of vague intentions at some point of curating a sort of small show type thing. Um, I had a pretty special housing situation in Berkeley, Northern California, where I lived in this gorgeous wooden barn where I used to host dinners and I'd had friends sort of over the years tell me that I should do some sort of show there but until that trip to Japan I'd never really considered it and basically on the plane ride home I sort of wrote a business plan thinking you know I want to find contemporary craftspeople in North America uh, specifically in California start selling their works perhaps as an online platform or as a physical shop space and then the pandemic happened by the time I sort of got my myself around to it. So the idea of, a, of opening a physical space totally fell out the window, but actually it really pushed me into sort of setting up an online store, which gained popularity super quickly. I mean, I wasn't simply putting pieces on a website. I was really investigating the stories behind the makers, the practices and processes that they work in, the sort of history of the traditions that they were working in with their craft. And I think people found that really interesting um, at a time where stories and people's own lives weren't necessarily happening organically because we were all just shut up in our homes and it really pushed me to investigate the work of local artists and craftspeople and originally you know what started off as something small grew into sort of a larger network I guess of buyers of artists getting in touch with me talking about their work my personal interest has always been sort of craft and and sort of self-taught or intuitive artists um, a lot of my own collections are sort of either anonymous makers or sort of uh, people who had been making without the intention for their work to necessarily be seen as art maybe. It sort of possibly would have had more of a functional use. So that was sort of one of the parameters I set with objects that an artist that I started working with is that they would not have a traditional art background. If they did, it might be in a practice that they're currently not working in. I'm much more interested in a sort of more... I don't wanna say naive because that sort of belittles the the artistry in a way, but you know, certainly all the makers I work with might never have intended for their careers to be where they are now uh, in an artistic field. A lot of them have had previous lives, previous careers. Vince Skelly, who's a wood sculptor I work with, who's was a skater and a musician and sort of sculpting wood came as a, almost sort of like a hobby or a passion that has now developed into a, a very magical career for him. Same with Jim McDowell, who makes the face jugs that I sell, whose work has become extremely well-recognised, not just by buyers and collectors, but also by sort of public art institutions and museums across America for his story. But, you know, he was in the army for a while. He was a coal miner. This is something he started doing much later in life. He's now in his sort of mid-late 70s and making his living as as an artist. It's been really interesting to sort of meet people whose personalities and passions have sort of bloomed or blossomed sort of like in either in later years or just after having done something else for most of their lives. Yeah, and you've got like um, a much more involved relationship with them than just kind of buying their stuff and then selling it uh, again, right? There's also like a gallery function as part of Tewa Select. I started doing sort of informal sales in my house where I would just invite certain artists to contribute objects. At this point, I still wasn't really considering myself a gallerist per se, I wasn't displaying the objects with any sort of deep meaning other than I thought they were beautiful. It just so happened to, to be that they all looked good together. So it felt somewhat curated for an outsider. Um, but then the first sort of time that I realized I should probably actually just do some sort of show and maybe formalize the artworks in a in a way that sort of seemed more akin to a, a gallery show was, um, you know, the pandemic was still ongoing. I had a very good friend uh, who'd also been sort of working with me, who has an incredible property in upstate New York. And we sort of had the idea together to do an outdoor show. This was summer 2021, so it's the point in the pandemic, certainly uh, in, in the USA where we were still sort of avoiding the indoors, but we were allowing social gatherings outside. I'm a very social person for me, bringing people together is, whether it's through art, but also food, it was always super important. So we had the idea to do a show in her forest and to combine it with a really large meal. So then we started thinking about how to actually combine the two things. So I commissioned 14 artists that I work with, some who I'd worked with before and some, some who are sort of new additions to the, to the roster or to the programme. Um, I invited them to create large plates with the sort of the intention to acknowledge this idea of people coming together again. And we used the large plates that the artists made to host a dinner for, uh, I think ended up being about 58 people. We set up these sort of long trestle tables through the woods, invited a a wonderful chef friend of mine, Gerardo Gonzalez, to come and work the food programme and displayed all of the artwork uh, for a number of days after the dinner um, throughout the wood um, in very different sort of environments that we created for each piece. We built a mini amphitheatre out of straw to display a three foot wide plate by Simone Bob Materna. We hung Min Jae Kim's fiberglass plates 12 feet in the air from these sort of ancient oak trees. We built a sort of a woven wooden fence that we displayed other works on. You know, it was, it was a very it was a very fun moment to explore this idea of what curating a show might be and how to make it as engaging for people as possible mm-hmm. in an environment that felt both safe in terms of the pandemic, but also fun and enjoyable and a little bit different from the sort of monotony of the months before.
0: That was Alex Tiege-Walker speaking to Monocle's Henry Reese Sheridan. You can read more about Tiwa Select in the upcoming issue of Monocle magazine that's all for this week but if you're eager for more design stories then listen to tuesday's edition of monocle on design or if you prefer print then pick up a copy of monocle magazine on all your newsstands now today's episode was produced by me Maley evans thank you for listening